0: Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening, downloading, and subscribing to the latest edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I'm 12 Kyle. Check this out. What I want to talk about today, um, I want to talk about the NBA. Um, I was having a conversation with my man Keon today on Twitter, uh, and, and big shout out to Keon. Um, And we were having a discussion and we were talking about the NBA. And uh, from that discussion, I was explaining to him and it just really kind of pushed me toward this conversation. Um, I know this and I've known this for a while, but today's NBA. It ain't your daddy's NBA. And I know times change. People change. We all change. Right. But it's been a drastic change. It has not been a change that change that has happened overnight, but it's been a change nonetheless. And, um, you know, the conversation that I was having with Keon uh, really kind of brought me to this discussion. I said, you know what? I might as well put this on the podcast. Um, I guess I should start from the beginning or at least the beginning for me. Uh, probably unlike most of you uh, listening to this podcast, I've been watching the NBA for a long time because <laughs> um, I'm a little bit older than most of you. Um I started watching the NBA in 1980, right? Uh, That was, I want to say that was Magic Johnson's rookie year. Um, And the NBA, you know, has evolved into this, you know, global game. And, you know, it's, you know, tremendously marketed. You know, the players make hundreds of millions of dollars And it's a great thing. And it's a great vehicle. And I've seen it grow and blossom into something, you know, very beautiful. But uh, (laughs) it really wasn't that pretty in 1980. Uh, I remember watching games on tape delay. And it's funny because I was explaining this to my sons. I said, well, yeah, some of the games were on tape delay. And, you know, of course, them being teenagers, they said, well, hey, dad, what is what does tape tape delay mean? I said it means that the game was played at three o'clock and it probably finished about five o'clock. And if you watched your six o'clock evening news or at least the sports section of the news, you could find out the score, watch the highlight. But the game probably wasn't going to be televised until 10 o'clock that night. That is tape delay. And so naturally their response was, well, why would you watch it if you already knew what the score was? I was like, because, you know, there was no TNT, you know, game of the night or what have you. There was no NBA league pass. It was so, so different. But again, this was the 80s. So, you know, we were just moving into the advent of cable TV and the whole nine. But, um, you know, the NBA wasn't in the best of shape. I mean, like. And it's widely known that I don't want to say half, I'll say a majority, a, a, a huge segment of the players, you know, were on cocaine and alcohol. I mean, like, so the league was, <laughs> the league was, was sniffed out and, you know, half of them weren't, you know, I don't want to say half, let's say, let's say a third. Right. So, you know, the league was in bad shape. And when people say that, uh magic johnson and larry bird saved the nba they really did <laughs> so you know so I, I i come from a different perspective so i've watched this game grow um and you know a lot of talk has been here recently about you know super teams and you know i'm not going to get too deep into the whole super team thing because i did do a podcast on super teams and how they didn't just start like five years ago. Uh, so when you finish listening to this podcast, you can go back and check out that super team podcast as well. Um, but you know, in the past, obviously you had teams, uh, and I'll give you an example, right? Let's take it back to the eighties. Uh, (laughs) the LA Lakers, you know, they weren't constructed as you might think as a super team. But, you know, when you look up and down that roster and you see all of those Hall of Fame players, they really were a super team. So were the Boston Celtics. Um The Lakers, you know, they were in the they came out of the West. I want to say what? Nine of the 10 years of the 80s. Um, in fact, between Boston and LA, those two teams won titles every year of the eighties with the exception of 82 when the uh, 76ers won. So, um, you know, their dominance and their reign over the eighties was imminent. I mean, like they, you, you couldn't stop either team. Uh, and that's not to say that there weren't any other great teams in those eras, but I'm just kind of, I'm giving you that in context as to where the NBA was. Um, so, the idea that they weren't super teams, there were super teams. You just didn't call them super teams and they weren't, you know, guys <laughs> leaving other teams to play with each other. But I'll get to that in just a second. Um, but I want to kind of at least move away from the notion of, you know, the super team, because there were teams that had multiple, uh, hall of famers on it and they played together and they won titles. So that happened, right? um, because there's a narrative now that these super teams are killing the NBA and, you know, I don't really have a good answer for if they are or they aren't. Um, then you fast forward to today, uh, at the time of this recording, the, you know, golden state warrior reign is happening. Uh, you know, they've won, they've been in what, four of the last, they won three of the last four titles. um, and this is a team that <laughs> is kind of funny when I think about it, because most of my life, the Golden State Warriors sucked. <laughs> they were awful. So, you know, if you root for a team right now that's awful, who knows, 10, 15, 20 years from now, maybe your team could be dope. Um, but I said that in saying this, you know, the, the, the last time the Warriors weren't relevant was the same year that Donald Sterling lost his team. Um, it's been that long, right? So you know the the Warriors are reigning right now, and they will reign for a while, I guess. At least it appears that the that it, they will. Of course, you know the games still have to be played. Um, but I think when you think of super teams, you know, again, people tend to think, okay, well, these teams or the level of competition is just being destroyed. And, you know, it's not what it used to be. This is true because this ain't your daddy's NBA. It's just not. Um, It's a lot of differences between what was back in the day and what is right now. And while I hate to sound like the old guy in the room, even though I am the old guy in the room, <laughs> uh, it, it, it's almost like night and day to be honest. Uh, case in point, when you think about it, you have a generation of players now who openly campaign and recruit each other to play, to play together. Um, That just didn't happen back in the day. And I'll give you an example. Uh, You know, contrary to what people might say nowadays. Trust me, as someone who watched basketball in the 80s, Magic Johnson and Larry Bird hated each other. (laughs) I mean, like they really hated each other and. You know, Boston fans hated L.A. fans. L.A. fans hated Boston fans. uh, Fans of other teams hated both L.A. and Boston. (laughs) Um, So there while free free agency wasn't what it is now. And you can make the case that Bird and Magic never had the free agency where they could have played together they would have never played together and it's more so it's the mindset they you just didn't you didn't want to get and i and i remember magic saying this in an interview um when he was approached and this was later in his career when he was approached by converse magic and bird both wore converses and converse had this idea to shoot a commercial, and the commercial was going to be filmed on Larry Bird's property. And uh, Magic said he was very apprehensive about shooting a commercial because he knew that he would have to spend some time with Larry Bird. And in spending time with Larry Bird, he felt like Bird could possibly get into his head or maybe expose or see something that he didn't want Bird to see. See, back then it was all about, you know, edges and angles. You you didn't want somebody to have any type of edge on you or some type of angle. You didn't want to show any type of weakness. That was just how cats were. So Bird and Magic, no, they, they hated each other. And they ended up doing the commercial and Magic said that, you know, at they were filming a commercial and then He was in his trailer. Bird was in his trailer. And what happened was, was that when they took a break or something, um, Bird's mother had cooked some food. And so they had to come in the house (laughs) and eat the food. And when they came in the house and ate the food, they had to sit down together and talk. And from that point on, they talked about basketball, they talked about life, they talked about, and they found that they had a lot more in common. But these men genuinely, you know, I, I think I'm pretty sure they respected each other, but they just really didn't like each other. There was there was no buddy-buddy type stuff. Um, and that's how it was back then. Uh, I remember, in, even in the 90s, uh, Michael Jordan, He was accused by the great Jeff Van Gundy, who was then the coach of the New York Knicks, the uh, Bulls arch rival. Jeff Van Gundy called Michael Jordan a con man. And the reason why he said that was because he felt like Jordan would, you know, speak to players and talk to them, maybe go out to dinner or drinks or something like basically get on the other the opponent's good side. And then he would go, you know, Try to beat him the next day. See, that's the thing about Jordan. And that's the thing about Magic and Bird and Isaiah and players from that era. They would take your heart out. I mean, like they literally would pull your heart out of your chest, throw it on the ground and step on it you know, much was made about the friendship and the relationship that Magic Johnson and Isaiah Thomas had. And I remember in the finals, you know, even though they did the little kiss thing before the game, Matt, I mean, Isaiah's first trip to the hole magic, he elbowed him in the face. You know, he would have gotten thrown <laughs> in 2018. He would have gotten thrown out of the game, but you know, I don't even think he got a call for a foul. You know, that's, that's how the game was. Um, so, you know, again, Van Gundy calls Jordan a con man and Jordan subsequently goes out and blisters the Knicks the next day, you know, because all he needed was just, he, he didn't need any motivation, but Van Gundy gave him that much more motivation just to destroy and kill the Knicks. And to this day, Knicks fans still hate Jordan because Jordan would just do it to his t- to their team every time. And so the idea of being cool, I mean, Jordan was cool with guys. But Jordan, even Jordan's friends will tell you that he's an asshole. And he would do anything and everything to rub it in your face after he beat you. And now Jordan and Charles Barkley aren't close to this day. But when they were close, they were very close. But Jordan constantly reminds Barkley that. He beat his ass and he won a ring. You know, the year that Jordan beat Barkley in the finals, Barkley won the league MVP. Jordan won his third title. So, even when guys were friends, if you will, the level of competition didn't fall off. So, you fast forward to today's players. And, you know, one of the things that I was telling Keon was on Twitter, Was that like, I don't understand the mindset. You know, I think we get a chance uh, when I say we, I mean us basketball fans. We get a chance to see some great players um, on a night to night basis. I mean, if you watch, you don't even have to have league pass. You can find a game with two or three very good players to watch each night uh, just on, you know, regular cable, if you will. So it just, it, when you, when you have that type of, you know, stuff going on, I think it's a situation where the, uh, if the, the where the NBA has set it up to where you, you get to see that. And, you know, that's not something that we saw in years past. Right. So having said that, The mindset of the players, you know, it's changed. It's really changed. Um, And again, I don't understand it. And maybe it's not meant for me to to understand. Uh, It's just a different NBA. Again, it's not your daddy's NBA. It's it's not like how it used to be. Um, These players like each other now. (laughs) They go on trips together. They hang out together. Uh, and and we're finding out more and more that these players openly campaign and recruit each other to come play with each other. Um, you know, case in point, a few years ago, uh, Draymond Green openly recruiting Kevin Durant to come play with the Warriors. Like the thought of that still is mind boggling to me. And while, you know, I don't begrudge Kevin Durant that much because it was his decision you know he has to live with that but Kevin Durant was on a team that had the Golden State Warriors down three to one he had him down three one and the Warriors come back and they beat him and then you're gonna join him uh, okay okay <laughs> I mean, just in a level of and, and I'm not questioning Kevin Durant's heart, but I mean like in the eighties, people would look at you funny because they would think, well, damn, did, did we blow this lead while you were contemplating thinking about playing with these guys? Um so there's that. And I just think you have to understand the mindset. And maybe it's just me. Maybe I don't understand the mindset. Maybe I'm too old to understand the mindset. I just, I, I, it, it, it's just weird to me. Um, but yeah, openly recruiting guys. I mean, same for LeBron. LeBron and D Wade, you know, campaigning and, you know, Chris Bosch and they end, they all, the three of them end up in Miami. And, you know, it's, I don't know. I, that's mind boggling to me. It's, it's like, I know football is a different sport, but like, that's like me playing linebacker and you're a running back and I blast you as you go out of bounds and I knock you out of bounds and you're on the ground. I'm not helping you up. I put you on the ground for a reason. We can, we can be sportsmen after the game, dap up and go our separate ways, you know, but even in the NFL, you know, you see guys shaking hands and smiling and taking pictures and signing each other's jersey minutes after the game ends different mindset man that would have never went down in the 80s and 90s and it's not to dump on this this generation but i think there's something to be said about it you know uh and i'm just surprised that people are so cool with being cool everybody wants to be cool um And it looks from the outside looking in, it looks like the spirit of competitiveness has waned to some degree, you know. But again, sometimes if you give a guy 10 million dollars before he ever proves himself, you know, does he have the motivation to be the best? Does he want to be an all star? Does he want to bring a championship to the team that he plays for or does he just want to get paid? Does he want to be a legend at the bank? <laughs> we all want to be legends at the bank. You know, there's a lot of guys that are legends at the bank, but they'll never be legends on the court or the field. So, I don't know. That the idea of, you know, just like I said, openly campaign. I mean, when I say openly campaigning, I mean guys are we getting, you know, rumors and innuendos about guys openly saying, "Hey, Let's come play together. Or, hey, I wouldn't mind playing with these guys. You know, to me, I would think if golden it's almost like, how can I put this? When I was younger, back in the day, <laughs> as a kid, we used to play this game called King of the Hill, right? And I know it sounds crazy, but, you know, you stand on top of the hill and somebody's got to knock you off the hill. Well, if Golden State is the king of the hill, Shouldn't everybody be trying to knock them off the hill? I mean, I I don't know. I I thought that was the name of the game, but I don't know. It seems to me like it's about, okay, well, hey, well, if this guy goes here, I might go here. If LeBron goes here, I'm going to go here. And, you know, Golden State, they have, they've been seemingly one step ahead of everybody, you know. Golden State, to their credit, you know, three of their superstars they drafted. They drafted Curry. They drafted Draymond Green. They drafted Clay Thomas, T- Clay Thompson. You know, and then they brought Kevin Durant in, and now they're bringing in another All Star, Boogie Cousins. So they literally have five All Stars on a team. Even though Boogie's coming off an injury, at some point they will line up five. All-Stars. So, you know, that's crazy in and of itself. But again, and, I you know, Golden State, I'm not mad at Golden State for signing Boogie Cousins. I'm mad at the teams that didn't sign Boogie Cousins because from what we're hearing, you know, nobody offered him any a uh, contract, including my favorite team, the Atlanta Hawks. We should have took a flyer on him. We could have used him, you know. But, um, you know, be mad at the other teams. I'm not mad at the Warriors for conducting business. But one thing I do know is that, um, you know, dynasties end at some point. The Lakers run ended. The Celtics run ended. The Kobe Shaq Lakers run ended. You know, the Heat <laughs> ended. It looks like LeBron's run is about to end. I mean, that remains to be seen, but. So it happens. Right. But it's just a different era. And is it good for basketball? It depends on who you ask. Uh, I've heard a lot of people say and I even jokingly said uh, because. Let me go back (laughs) a couple of weeks ago or maybe about a week and a half ago or so, We heard that and it was just a rumor, uh, allegedly, but I don't think it was just a rumor just to get out there that LeBron James, who was a free agent, had contacted Kevin Durant about joining him in L.A. (laughs) Now, I mean, if that's true, you know, LeBron's probably a lot crazier than I thought he was because Kevin Durant has no reason to leave where he is now to go. I mean, he just beat LeBron last the last two years. Just smoked them just about a month or so ago. Why would I go play with you when I can stay over here and continue to beat you? Duh. (laughs) That doesn't make any sense. Right. So. But that's the idea of it, though. Hey, you just beat me. You just swept my team. But hey, we're cool. Let's go over here and join forces and play together. Come on, man. Again, it's it's a different NBA. It's not your daddy's NBA. It would have never happened in your daddy's NBA. Because in your daddy's NBA, LeBron would have been like, yo, screw you, KD. I'm coming for you next year. I'm going to bust your ass. That's what he would have said. But, you know, and in your daddy's NBA, if LeBron would have made that phone call, Kevin Durant would have never taken the phone call. What you calling me for? I just bust your ass. I ain't playing with you get your weight up. (laughs) That's all that would have been said, but it's a different era. You know, does it kill the level of competition and the spirit of competition? Uh, I don't know. I don't think that it does because I think guys are genuinely competing. I think teams are genuinely competing, you know, and I hear fans now. And again, going back to what I said, I jokingly said if LeBron had joined the Warriors, I wouldn't watch another basketball game. But the reality is, is that, you know, even with this loaded team that the Warriors have, you know, I heard a lot of people say, oh, there's no reason to watch the NBA. You watch. You know why? Because you will. That's why you say that now, but you'll watch. You know why? Because it'll be on. And for as much crap as people gave the Warriors and they they were talking about, they didn't want to see a Cavs versus Warriors finals. Ratings were up all across the board. The only game that was down was game four. And I guess because (laughs) it was pretty much foregone conclusion. We knew the brooms were coming out. But the ratings were up all throughout the playoffs. So. You know, does it kill the competition? I don't I don't think so. But I've reserved the fact and just kind of come to the idea that it's just a different era. Doesn't make it right. Doesn't make it wrong. It's just different. Ultimately, you know, will it affect the NBA fan base? Possibly. It really remains to be seen. Time will tell. But. I know one thing, end of October, the beginning of November, the NBA season will start. The end of April, early May, the playoffs will start. Most basketball fans will be there. This ain't your daddy, this ain't your daddy's NBA, but ultimately you're going to watch. You've been watching thus far, you hadn't stopped, and the the game has clearly changed. And yet we're still here. We're still here as fans. So what does that say? Does that say more about the game or does it say more about us? Like I said, it's just not your daddy's NBA. And ultimately, like it or not, we got to get used to it. That's going to do it for me. Thanks again for checking out the latest edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I'm your boy 12 Kyle. We'll catch you guys next time. 5,000.